Welcome back to the Get Stark Podcast and a happy fall to you all. We appreciate you tuning in. Today I've got my man Caleb Feist back in the studio. It's been since June that we last recorded and the last time that we recorded the podcast we actually talked about Tiger Woods and kind of the resurgence and and comeback that we were seeing. I think I made a bold prediction that he was about to win a a major tournament and uh, that did not come to fruition. But since then, Tiger has continued to make big-time strides, and there's not a bigger supporter of Tiger Woods that I know of than my man Caleb. So, Caleb, tell me, tell me about last weekend. How'd it go? Uh, well, it was, it, was, uh, it was a throwback weekend for sure. You know, it was one of those weekends where you know, we talked earlier in the summer and Tiger was competing in tournaments and um, finishing top 10 in a couple majors and even you know, had a chance to arguably win a couple this year. So you, you could tell he was playing you know, very well and could compete again, but he couldn't really get over the hump. But this weekend at the tour championship, the final kind of PGA tour event of the year, he kind of dominated through the weekend. He shot, I think 65 on Thursday and a 65 on Saturday and going into Sunday, he was four shots up and led by five on Sunday and was kind of, it was kind of a afternoon long um, coronation of the guy. He did make it a little bit, (laughs) Nerve wracking for some of us. Of he bogeyed two. I think uh, I think he bogeyed fifteen and sixteen, and uh, the lead was two going into the final two holes. But there was never a doubt in my mind. You know, he was kind of he was he was confident. Tiger. He just had a couple. You know, I think he's got to get used to finishing tournaments again. But um, that's what he did, and it was it was a very uh, very fun afternoon. Very cool to see that once again, and to uh, just see how the fans kind of embraced him there. And, Definitely. It seemed like nostalgia was a pretty primary factor in the equation. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I've seen a lot of photos on Twitter throughout the week of, you know, this is these kind of crowds that have been happening since, you know, the late 90s when he kind of came on the scene as a young, as a young professional. And there was a shot from a 1997 tournament where he was getting that same kind of uh, coronation on the 18th fairway with just hundreds of people following. It was cool to see that, you know, we can still uh, we can still have moments like that for yeah. the same guy, you know, twenty something years later. Exactly, it almost seems like nothing's changed. When in the rest of the world, it seems like everything's changed. Yeah, and golf fans have been waiting for that for a long time because you know Tiger's been away from the game for various reasons here and there, injuries, personal stuff. But every time he's kind of came back, he's given us moments where you're thinking, yeah, he's he's about to turn another corner. If you're you know a blind kind of like supporter like I am you kind of think that it's always close and this summer was the first time you know I think since like the 2013 season where you really thought yeah he is he is really close and he is going to do this eventually and it was really cool to see him cap the season with a victory like that a dominant victory too yeah absolutely it really has been the narrative this season too is like comeback season biggest comeback story in sports and uh, it's really cool to see him kind of you know, almost like summit that mountain and get oh, that absolutely. get that win. And so the Tour Championship, that's what they call it. It's not one of the four majors, no. but it is considered one of the biggest tournaments. Yeah, so it's the final tournament of the FedEx Cup, which is um, the a year-long playoff that the, the Tour members go through. And it kind of, it, yeah, it culminates the PGA season and it crowns a FedEx Cup champion also who wins a $10 million prize. Um, and, and that kind of is awarded to the best player. It kind of, what it attempts to do is award the player that played the best throughout the FedEx cup tournaments all, all, um, spring and summer and Tiger almost won it that also, which would have been a huge deal. He came in second, 
he needed a bunch of different scenarios to happen at the tour championship to even have a chance at that. And they basically all came to fruition and that included him winning the tournament. And the one thing that happened was uh, Justin Rose needed to finish, I think out of the top five in order for him to win it. And he, he tied for fifth and he, uh, by one shot. So wow. it's one shot away from him winning his first tournament since, uh, you know, since 2013 and also winning the FedEx cup, which would have, you know, shown, it shows just how, how well he's played throughout mm-hmm. the summer. Yeah, that's to a great be even point. In consideration for to be that, in, yeah, contention. That's that's wild. Uh, so this past weekend, Tiger obviously got the win, and that was his 80th win of his career, which is just staggering when you really think about it and look at the amount of wins that a lot of other big name golfers have had. Um, and it was his first win since August 4th of 2013. And I'm going to play a little game here with Caleb. Caleb is not, he, he's a little bit in the dark as to what we're doing here, okay. but I'm going to name four different events. Um, and three of which are in sports, one's outside of sports, but I know you're a pop culture guy. You, you kind of get it. So you're going to tell me whether the event that I name is before or after Tiger's last win on August 4th, 2013. Okay. All right. All right. I'm ready. So the first event was the Harbaugh Bowl. Oh, I should know this. As a 49ers fan. Um, That's tough, though. Ravens, for, 49ers, I think a 34 to 31 I believe 31 that, that victory. game would have been in February of 2013, I believe. So I'm going to say that that came before Tiger's last victory. And you are correct. <laughs> and I don't know. It could have been 2012. All no, these right. years. Okay. You're right. All 2013. All right. Yep. All right. Numero one dos. One. All right. I do have my computer out. You, he's checking me. Yeah. yeah there's, there's no Google searching going on here. It's, uh, yeah. we, we're maintaining yeah. eye contact. So I'm going to stick with your, uh, your sports okay. franchises, the teams that you have an affinity for, and go with the Dodgers blockbuster deal with the Red Sox for Adrian Gonzalez, Josh Beckett, and Carl Crawford. That would have been, I want to say that that was in like September of 2013. So I want to say that came after Tigers. Final answer? Yes. Okay. It was actually before. Oh, so, <laughs> it was like ex- almost exactly a year before. Um, oh, so it was 2012. It was 2012, okay. and it really impacted the 2013 season because the Dodgers performed, I think, really well, and then they lost to the Giants, maybe in the NLCS or something like that. Um, but I mean, that that was a monster move. Yeah. I think 170 like a huge, million. I just remember being a giant salary dump. Oh, for, for the, Red the Red Sox. Sox. It really. Yeah, I mean, that's why the Red Sox yeah. are where they are right now. Yeah. Is that trade? It's a big yeah. reason. All right, so we're one for two. I shouldn't know. I, I, can't, I knew I went. I actually watched them in San Francisco that summer with a couple friends of mine, and Josh Beckett was pitching one of the games, and so he was in that trade. I just can't remember what year it was. Yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so number three, we're going to shift away from sports a little bit okay. and go with the Ebola outbreak. Is that before or after? It's a loaded question. <laughs> I would say that the Ebola outbreak came after. And you are correct. The Ebola outbreak was 2014, primarily when it started to become um, popularized, I guess, or, you know, in mainstream knowledge. It's still four years ago. That's crazy. Isn't it? All these years. Yeah. Yeah. Are are we old? (laughs) We are definitely (laughs) 
we're we're moving towards the <laughs> All older the years generation. run the same. Yeah. Okay. And last but not least, Louisville wins their now vacated college basketball championship. That was before. It was. It, it was, was 2013. March, it, was March, it would have been in March, but that was definitely 2013. So that was before. Yep. Okay. When it, and it just got vacated, right? This last. Yeah. Okay. Just that, that latest scandal when Patino got canned and everything. Yeah. That was it. All right, man. Well, three for four. Not that's bad. that's pretty solid. Not, bad. Not too my, shabby. Uh, 2012 to 2014 knowledge of my own life and those, <laughs> those events. I don't know where that went. Yeah, I'm it not sure not, what happened in my life. It doesn't coincide with me turning like 21 or anything like that. <laughs> not at all. Oh, man. So I, I like that we got to play that game a little bit. And what I wanted to kind of talk about is uh, kind of the story of redemption with Tiger. Um, it's really a unique story and how he was, you know, the most prominent athlete. I think one of the first athletes, if not the first athlete to become a billionaire and have that as their net worth. Um, and then to see him just fall off and, you know, drug addiction and sex addiction and everything with his wife and injuries. And then for him to now be back and have it seem almost like nothing has changed you know, you you wrote a really great article on this for Medium, and I'm just wondering what your your thoughts are on his story of redemption. Yeah, I mean, it's super complex, right? You don't want, I mean, he's, by all intents and purposes, not the greatest of, of role models, but I think what he does is he kind of, well, at least since this, you know, the scandal that happened almost 10 years ago, 2009, I believe, is when all this, when his the stuff with his wife and the sex addiction stuff, and he, he basically was proven to be a serial cheater, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and since then, he's obviously never he's never won a major since that point, which is, you know, kind of symbolic. A, yeah, kind of symbolic. But what it, I mean, all like you mentioned, all the things he's went through with you know, prescription drug addiction, sex addiction, um, his injuries that are you know a constant threat to his career at this point still you know his back could go at all any at any time but for him to be once on top of the world and to kind of be this like unrelatable figure just because i mean we can't relate to tiger woods on on any level he's you know like you said he's a billionaire best in the world probably ever at at a singular thing Mm -hmm. and we don't know how to relate to those but what we can relate to is when you know people make mistakes and how they respond to those and um, I don't know if it's, you know, what it says about Tiger, if he's just, you know, a total sociopath and it was a, a lot, you know, I mean, yeah, and can't get, you know, he can get over these things and continue to thrive at his sport or just that, um, you know, he's, that's kind of what's driven him to get back to, to being around the sport of golf. Cause I think it really uplifts him. And you see that you've seen that this entire year too, the way he's interacted with fans has been differently. Um, he's, he seems to be enjoying himself more on course and, um, seems to be thankful, but it's also, you know, he's an aged, flawed man now. You know, you see Tiger Woods take his hat off, and he's he's losing his hair. Mm -hmm. He's not the same Tiger that we knew that was on top of the world 15 years ago. So he's he's gone through some pretty, you know, visible transformation, too. So we've kind of seen him age, and we've known what he's gone through, and um, to see him be able to, even if he could just, even if it was just for a weekend, to be able to be on top of the sport, it just shows you that, you know, there's a lot of... uh, redemptive powers with with human beings i think and he and who else but tiger woods to show us that through sports anyways yeah definitely and i i think you hit the nail on the head 
there's so much to unpack with it. And I really hope it is the latter of what you said. And it's not that he's a sociopath, mm-hmm. but it's the fact that like, how does a guy get to be as good as he was? Well, that is the exact same factor that it factor is how he's kind of battled back from, from where he fell to. Cause I mean, when we do make mistakes, when we do fall down, when we do have moments that we'd rather not be public or have people know about, like we have two options and one is to like battle back and become better than we were, or we can fold. And like you said, the, the redemption story uh, and the way that he's just overcome this major obstacle and it's just become such a spectacle in sports is something I've never seen before. And I think it's providing the nation with a lot of inspiration and it's, it's definitely fueling the sport of golf. Uh, but it also, I think, just fuels the human spirit when yeah. you see it. Yeah, and I, like I, I wrote about this. You may not like him. You may hate Tiger Woods, and there's people that do, and rightfully and rightfully so. He's done a lot of things that maybe you can't really forgive him for because of your life and how it relates to that or, or whatever. But um, his, his his stuff is all played out in public. You know, everything that he's ever done wrong has been aired out in public, and um, we don't uh, – he doesn't have the benefit of, of you know – Anonymity. anonymity that we have yeah. and uh he's so so i think that says a little bit more about about tiger also that he's able to you know deal with that negative publicity and just kind of because a lot of people would would fold under that kind of microscope you know when all their private stuff is aired out in public and everybody knows and there's books written about it and there's you know everybody talks about it it's just i think it's admirable in a way yeah, I do too. They say to whom much is given, much is required. And I mean, there's not many people that have been given as many talents and gifts and abilities as Tiger. But, you know, he's also, like you said, had to overcome things that we can't even come close to understanding. Like I get in an argument with my girlfriend or I, you know, struggle with something. It's not on the news. It's not on the front page of the newspaper tomorrow morning. I I, I can deal with it. I can tell who I please. But the rest of the world doesn't know. And uh, something, like you said, we can't relate to that, but we can relate to the way that Tigers bounce back um, and the way that this whole situation's really just shown that he is human. And any other celebrity, any other superstar athlete, they're all human, they all have flaws. And uh, I think that is comforting to know that we're not super inferior to all these people while we can't golf with them, yeah, you know, we're, we're all in this together. We're just monkeys <laughs> on this rock that's traveling around the sun. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I, I, you have to admire at least just what he's been able to, to deal with through the eyes of the public and, and still perform at a high level, even if it's just in golf and it just, it, there's a story about life to be told there. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm wondering like, you look at a lot of athletes that have had transgressions and some pretty big things come out and it's never been the same for him. One being like Ryan Braun for the Brewers, you know, he, he lied basically to the world. And then we found out that he did indeed take PEDs. Uh, he still gets booed kind of consistently when he's on the road and he doesn't have any social medias. He's, you know, cause he can't. Um, but then there is Tiger and Tiger's done, arguably worse from a morality standpoint. I mean, it's all subjective, but 
it seems like he's really been forgiven by society and that people kind of just, you know, push it to the side. And I'm wondering, like, does it surprise you that so many people have forgiven Tiger for his shortcomings and support him almost more than ever now? Or it, does it, does that just kind of seem... Um, it, it should surprise me, but because it's Tiger Woods and he's always had, he's always lived in like this special place with, um, with sports fans or just the average, you know, everybody knows who Tiger Woods is and he's just kind of, he's always been forgiven in ways, mm-hmm. you know, because of he's, tra- he transcended the game of golf and he made it, uh, he made it a cultural spectacle, even this weekend. Um, it's a, it's a non-major tournament, but when people, you know, they, they had great ratings on an NFL Sunday because people knew that that uh, Tiger Woods was in contention. My parents told me they're like, "Yeah, hey, we didn't watch any football on Sunday. We were just watching Tiger." They don't watch golf, mm-hmm. but because he's in contention, he's he, there's just a spectacle around him that is unlike really anybody else in sports. And I, I don't I don't know how to explain it, um, but it's just that's kind of where he lives. He lives in this special area of that people are always going to be rooting for him or at least interested in him. And I think. At this point, if you if you're still around watching him and taking interest in what he's doing, you can kind of see the you know the ups and downs he's been through, and he kind of made, kind of is kind of a sympathetic figure in ways, which is really tough. To, you know, you don't say that about many billionaires, but um, it, it, I think Tiger is a little bit symp- a sympathetic figure at this point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That is it is crazy to think about, and I think the the one thing that's worse for the NFL than concussions and all these flags and penalties is Tiger Woods because <laughs> dude the ratings everybody is tuned into Tiger on Sunday if he's in contention and um, the only thing that would stop a Wisconsinite is if the Packers were playing <laughs> honestly. <laughs> But so so we we talked a little bit about last week with with Tiger winning that championship first time since 2013. Now we're looking forward to the Ryder Cup, which is big time. Um, they just announced his partner is going to be Patrick Reed, yeah, uh, which should be fun. I think he's going to have to rein Patrick in a little bit. I hear he can be a little intense at times. They but. had to pair Patrick with the most likable player on tour in terms of fan <laughs> perception because Patrick is the least likable player He's on tour. He's the antithesis yes. to Tiger. Yes. Yeah, it's no doubt. So so what are your expectations going into the Ryder Cup for not only Tiger but also the U.S.? I think um, this is a great event. I don't know how much of it th- this year, this time around I'll get to watch because of the, you know, I think it starts, I think, Tiger tees off at like 1:55 a.m. Central right. time um, tomorrow, so I'm, I mean I'm going to try to catch as much as I can, but I can't promise it. But it's a fun event. It's it's really different. The crowds get a lot more into it than they do at a regular uh, tour event, and the you know the formats or the scoring are are very different. Um, it's more of a team game. But I'm I'm the sport's super young right now, and it. The, it's a great way to cap the year. You've got a lot of all the young talent. You got Kepka. Kepka, who's he paired with? Um, the two Jack dudes. I think it's Kepka and maybe, I don't know. I we'll have to we'll have to look. Yeah. I don't know. I just just saw the pairings a little bit ago. But uh, yeah, you got all these guys that kind of Tiger spawned in a way when he was playing younger. They call these you know these dudes that can drive the ball 340 yards mm-hmm. and then throw a wedge onto the green and both, you know, both Europe and team USA have guys like that. So, I mean, talent wise, it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great Ryder cup. I don't really have any predictions or I haven't really, I'm still kind of soaking in. The, yeah. You're just going to enjoy it. It's going to enjoy it. It's a great way to cap the golf season. And it's, uh, it's just a really cool event. I think, you know, the fans get super behind it. There's, uh, if you're into the element of like patriotism, there's some of that too. There even sure though, is. It's kind of like the Olympics Team for Europe golf. is you know a continental team, and there's not as much just singular 
country patriotism. It's still a, it's still a you know our style of game versus your Us style of game versus them. Which which yeah, styles make fights. So I think it'll be fun. Yeah, no doubt about it. Isn't is the captain for the U.S. Is it Jim Furyk? It is. Yeah. So, so that means he'll play in the tournament. Uh, he just selects the he selects, he selects the rosters. So he's kind of he's and he's very intentional. He's the, he's with the he GM does. basically. He's the GM. GM. Oh, yeah. that'd be so fun. Yeah. Yeah, I saw something on Twitter that um, Kepka and whoever Kepka's playing with, I can't think of who it is, but their warm-ups is going to be squats, deadlifts, and then bench press. <laughs> um, we got the rust. I'm, I'm still trying to find your pairings here. but Yeah, so, um, I mean, that, that that's going to be a ton of fun. I also saw your Twitter poll, which I voted in on the way to come pick you up, um, and I voted yes, that you should sacrifice sleep to watch the entire Ryder Cup. <laughs> I, I think, you know, I do need some sleep, need some rest this weekend, uh, but it's a, it only happens once every two years, and this time it happens to be in Europe, so the times are against us, but, you know, it's a fun tournament. I'm going to try my best. Yeah, the, the <laughs> poll was like 68% yes, and... Uh, 32% no. So everybody go to Caleb's Twitter and and vote yes so that we can motivate him to wake up at 2 in the morning and support Tiger. (laughs) I do not have an alarm set yet, but I will do that after we're done recording. Tentatively. (laughs) I can always turn it off. Is that Steve Stricker I see? Yeah. Is he playing? Nope. I was going to say. You've got the old guard here. All the the old um, balding white dudes are (laughs) captains or vice captains. And then you've got the the players who are all receding. Yes. Phil Mickelson's an attorney. So Steve Stricker's a Wisconsinite, so we we get real behind him. He's kind of the pride and joy of the PGA Tour for my family back home. So I think we've we've talked a lot of golf, and it wouldn't be right to do a podcast right now and not discuss what's going on. Kepka's with Tony Fee now. That's Tony, who, that's it. Yes. Who yeah. is it? Jabari Parker's cousin, I believe. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Little bucks. Little bucks. Knowledge for you. There it is. Rest in peace, Jabari Parker. <laughs> Hope you play well with the Bulls X-Buck. this year. Everybody's X-Buck. an X Buck or an yeah, X Brewer or an X Packer. Jimmy Butler's about to be a Buck though. We're going to trade for him. <laughs> Bring him home. Um, we got to talk baseball, man. Uh, MLB playoffs are just a, a few days away. Yeah. We've got the final series this weekend, and my Milwaukee Brewers just yeah. clinched their playoff yeah, spot for, last yeah, night. Yeah, I think we should uh, talk a little bit about the Brewers. I want to kind of interview you about this. This is the most into a brewer season you've been since when 2011 okay which coincidentally happens to be the last time they made the playoffs exactly it sure was and i was also there to support that team uh as a do pain fan nice in the crowd how's it different this year being a what's this team different than the 2011 team what's more what's makes it easier yeah i think the difference is this team is younger. You know, we've got obviously Lorenzo Kane, who's kind of a vet. We've got Brawny, who's a vet, but we got guys like Yelich, um, and Shaw, I would still say is younger and Jesus Aguilar, um, Arcia's at shortstop. We traded for Moose. So I guess it's a mix of like veteran and youth. Um, and it's just, it's so fun to see that this team is such a team. It's not a yeah. bunch of like individuals, uh, we're not the Yankees or the Cubs who just buy all these big name players. Like we're really, we don't have a lot of household names. Christian Yelich is becoming one. Lorenzo, especially in Wisconsin. Especially, yeah, in, I think he already I mean, is there in Wisconsin. He's going to win governor in 2020. I mean, <laughs> will he be old enough? I think he's our age. He is. What our are we age. doing with our lives compared to the dude that's about to win NL MVP? My goodness, <laughs> Christian Yelich. I mean, 
and I think I haven't found it yet, but I've been looking back because I remember tweeting a while ago when he was with the Marlins that he'd win a batting title. But little did I know that that batting title would be for the Brewers. Is during he going to win season. the batting title this year? Is I that, think it's is either he... it's between him and I want to say Scooter Jeanette, okay. who's the second baseman. That that's the only mistake David Stearns has made as a GM is letting Scooter Jeanette walk for nothing last year because he would be so nice to have at second base um, compared to Travis Shaw, who's definitely a prototypical third baseman as of as of this moment Yelich is hitting 321 and Jeanette's hitting 313 so Yelich is Ooh, winning the end of that yeah time, he it, would have to go like 0 for 16 yeah. and have Jeanette go 14 <laughs> of 15 well as we saw last night they don't pitch to him anymore he five, got walked five, five times, times last night five times got to can I tell you what I'm rooting for yes selfishly is just a, a fan of the sport and playoff baseball because it's just the best it is I'm rooting for the Brewers and the Cubs to tie atop the central oh, and no. the Dodgers and the Rockies to tie atop the West so that we have two, two game one sixty threes and then the losers of those games are playing required the wild to play card. in the wild card. I think it would just be total chaos That'd and that's be madness. What, that is what uh October baseball is all about. And it's and it's very plausible and it could really happen. Oh yeah, because as of right now, the Brewers are a half game behind the Cubs and the Dodgers are a half, half game, game behind the Rockies. Yep. So and I think the Cubs and the Rockies both play tonight. So theoretically, we could be going into the weekend tied, both of those teams tied, if, yeah. they, if uh, the Rockies and Cubs both lose tonight. Yes. So you could go into the final three games of the year all squared up, which I think would be amazing. I think it would be good for the sport. Um, although they're competing – well, they're not competing with the Ryder Cup because the Ryder Cup's in the wee hours in the morning. Yeah, so you it's can, completely You have your timing. sports weekend just laid out for you right 100%. here. 100%. Sneak a little college football and NFL in and uh, – no need for anything else. So we talked a little bit about, or we just talked about the National League, which is um, chaotic right now. But I want to talk a little bit to you about the American League. Let's do because it. Because those teams are juggernauts out there. There's some juggernauts out there, it's, and then there's the Oakland A's. Yeah, well, and you could almost call them a juggernaut the way they've been playing this year. Like, yeah. they, I mean, they have, I think, what, 95 wins or something like that? They the, do. The, Former Brewer Chris, um, Chris, Chris Davis, Davis has, with 46 bombs. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, so you got if we go through the American League standings, you have the Red Sox with 107 wins. Unreal. The Yankees have 97 wins. Cleveland has 89 wins, um, but all the talent in the world. So much know? talent. Houston. Uh, Houston there. has Houston has 100 wins, and Oakland what? has 96 wins. I mean, these teams out there are holy hell. That playoff. I think any five, any one of those five teams could make the World Series, and if you play the postseason, if you played it 100 times, you know each team might make it. 20 times yeah, it's just crazy. you're right yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of talent out there but there's also you know it's really really top heavy but um it's gonna be a, that's gonna make for a great playoff bracket that's shocking to me because there was a point in the season and i have to go back and look at it but i remember looking at the standings and the athletics were like 17 and 18 or 17 and 20 and i was like oh man i mean billy has no talent how is he going to resurrect this team and now you look at it, and they've got 96, 97 wins. Yeah, in the, the same, Oakland A's, same division as Houston. And they have less star power than the Brewers. I mean, you look at their starting lineup, and it's like Marcus Simeon, Matt Chapman, who I got to know when he played for the Loggers, um, Chris Davis, Chris with a K. I mean, there's, there's not big names. probably Jed Lowry. Yeah. And, and their pitching staff is, I, I would say, the, that, that's what's really doing it for them. Yeah. Well, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, we talked about the effect that like this new bullpenning kind of style has had on the game, and I think that's 
Um, we're going to see a lot of that in the playoffs, and especially with teams like Oakland that maybe not that don't have like the starting pitching to get them deep into a game. They're going to really be aggressive with uh, changing their pitchers and really trying to rack up you know strikeouts and just you know inning here, two innings there, and just bridge nine innings instead of trying to get one guy to take you six and then do the rest. I think that's what you know in that wild card game between New York and Oakland that we may see both teams do that. I saw the Yankees experimented with that against Tampa Bay the other day and. Oakland, you know, is obviously known to do things a little outside the box, mm-hmm. and they, they had to based on their, you know, their financial restrictions. So right. it could be, I mean, we could be seeing kind of the, the next wave of baseball in these throughout these playoffs. And we, we started to see it, I think, the last few years also with the way that teams utilize, like, their bullpens and um, Andrew Miller throwing anywhere from, like, one inning to as much as they needed exactly. him to, you know, and I think that's kind of spawned this, like the Josh, the new Josh, Josh Hader. And yes. So I think it's going to be, uh, you might not recognize the sport you're watching as much this, this October, but that is not going to make it any less exciting. Correct. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it takes a little bit of pressure off starting pitchers too, to know that uh, they don't have to put in six, seven innings of, quality work like get us to the fourth get us to the fifth and and we've got three or four guys lined up that can take us home uh and I think that is really transforming the game of baseball in a lot of ways and it's going to be a ton of fun I mean the AL is man that's I didn't realize it was that stacked I also think that the AL has got more teams at the bottom who are absolute trash so they could rack up some wins against them a little more parity in the NL but that that's scary. I, I honestly wouldn't know who to predict to come out of the AL. I mean, the Red Sox, obviously, with Sale, I think, you know, that's almost like a guaranteed win when he steps on the mound, especially with that offense. Yeah. But any of those yeah, teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I still think Houston's probably the team to beat. <sighs> they might um, be. Even though, I mean, the Red Sox have had an insane regular season win-wise. Um, Astros have a better run differential even mm, than the I Red look Sox. at that a lot. I do too. I think it kind of shows, you know, the strength of both sides, you know, how much, how much, how many runs you're scoring versus how many runs you're allowing. Yeah. So it shows your offense and your, your defense and that Houston still leads. Um, they still lead the American league in that category. And actually they lead all of baseball in that yeah, category. That doesn't and surprise they, you me. Know, they've one won a hundred, hundred games, but, um, have done it kind of under the radar too, but have yeah. been quietly dominating. So they have been interesting. So, I mean, my hope obviously for the weekend is that the Brewers can win their 11th series out of 12. Right now they're at 10 out of 11. We've won seven out of 10. Obviously, just swept the cards. Uh, I hope that we can surpass the Cubs and not have to play in that play-in game and then a wild card game that would be tough yeah it would and just I, get to the it would be round. interesting to see how managers navigate if those if that scenario does come true how the managers would navigate that yeah because uh, we'd be in trouble we don't have yeah, an ace yeah i mean that's where i think you kind of start to look at this you know the bullpenning kind of style in mm-hmm. in these winner take all games that's where the it's most effective I, th- I think it could be yeah and it seems sensible because most of the time a starting pitcher is more likely to get rocked in their third time through the lineup yeah. because guys get familiar with yeah. their style. And that's the, that's kind of where this is spawned from. You know, there's all this data now that shows the more you see a pitcher throughout a game, the, the, the worse that the pitcher gets against those hitters. Mm-hmm. And so if you change that every inning and you're facing a different guy, you have less time to figure him out and the pitcher's at more of an advantage. And it, that's why you see like, you see these, you see a lot of high strikeout totals amongst players. Now it's kind of, it's kind of become like a home run or strikeout game in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Yeah. Because the pitchers are, 
you know, the pitchers have so much talent, but the hitters do too, and it's kind of whoever wins each matchup that's going to be – it's either strikeout or home run, a lot of the – It is. Yeah, the true outcomes or whatever. Or walks. A lot of walks. A lot of walks. Man. So, I mean, you're a Dodgers fan, a big-time Kershaw fan, yeah. and I love Kershaw too. Yeah, one, of my, one of my favorite players in the league. Root for them. What do, you, what do you foresee happening this weekend? Because they've got three games in three San games Francisco. Three games at San Francisco. Um, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see – um, I, I think I think that game one sixty three is looking is looking like it's going to happen. And I think yeah. even uh, I think the Dodgers are kind of game planning for that. I saw they you know they're holding Rich Hill out of the weekend because just in just in case yeah. there is that game one sixty three. Uh, like the Giants aren't great this year. They haven't. They're I think they're yeah they're yeah probably twelve games under five hundred. Yeah, like that. thirteen. Thirteen exactly. Um, negative 75 run differential but it's still it's a rivalry series um it's the last it's the last three games of the year it's in, it's in san francisco and they're gonna want to win those and, games because yeah. everybody likes to play yeah, spoiler. yeah play spoiler it's your last last three games of the year so it's i think it'll be really fun it's like you know a pre-playoff atmosphere series hopefully the at at&t park is rocking um i'm just uh, I'm really hope. Like I said, I, I think two game 163s would be great. I, I don't care. Oh my uh, gosh, I don't I, want anything to I do want with all that. the chaos. <laughs> um, I, I just hope that you know, you know, Kershaw's getting older. This is his. You know, these are, last year was probably his best chance to win a ring. They were mm. you know, went to Game Seven against Houston, the World Series. So, he, yeah, he's not getting any younger, and he's also um, he's also a free agent at the end of the year. Wow, nobody's so, talking about that. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously as pitchers age, they become less valuable, but he's still, you know, one of the all-time greats, and I think he needs to be rewarded with a ring at some point. So I hope it's this year. Yeah, I hope he comes to Milwaukee and gets one next year. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Well, so the last thing that I kind of wanted to chat about before we take off is a little college football. And this year I've kind of gotten more into college football than ever before. You know, I, I got pretty hyped about Kansas, and we've come out and won a couple games yeah. and lost a couple games, but 2-2 two and two is much better than 0-4. And, and they're going to be home this weekend. It's homecoming. There's a really good energy flowing through Lawrence, and they're taking on Oklahoma State, who just got smoked at home versus Texas Tech, who I don't think super highly of this year when it comes to, like, a talent. Uh, so I'm wondering, do you think – Despite the 17-point differential, according to Vegas, do you think KAU stands a chance? So what, they, what that just told me is that – because yesterday I looked and the spread was like 18 and a half, so it's, it's inching Kansas it's way, inching. ever so slightly. It's inching. Um, I, why not? What, tomorrow would be a great chance – or Saturday would be a great chance to pull off um, an upset and get a, get a huge home win. I don't know that it will happen. I, I really want us to you know kind of roll with a singular – quarterback this the rotation that's been going on it's exhausting yeah it's it's tough to kind of seems like it's tough for the guys to get in a rhythm but they've they've been fun to watch this year you know even the Baylor game they didn't play great but it was it was uh they competed yeah and and for the last few years in big 12 play that hasn't been the case and it really hasn't ever been close so to be able to watch four quarters of a game and not really rule yourself completely out was kind of fun so I hope they can you know I hope they don't let that you know kind of crush the rest of their season you know if the uh an opening big 12 loss on a on the road on the road yeah but i think bumping stadium i think you know you'll learn a lot about them this weekend definitely i think this is a huge game Um, because your opponent just got crushed too they just got crushed and now they're on the road 
for a homecoming game, which we need to pack the house. The fans have got to bring some energy, which is not always the case at Memorial Stadium right now. But, I mean, this defense is – it's a pretty nice defense. And if you pair well, it with a yeah, solid they, offense, they could be one of the better defenses, I would say. They only gave up 26 points to Baylor. Yeah. Um, but it's not not terrible by any means. That, sh- that keeps you in a game if you have a competent offense, you know. 26 points, especially for KU numbers in years past mm-hmm. where they're giving up 40, 50 points a game. That's tough to keep up with That's really tough. But when, you know, three and a half touchdowns is what you give up on defense in a game, you should have a chance. Definitely. And last time I checked, KU is actually leading the nation in turnover differential, which, I mean, that's pretty exciting. That means we've got some playmakers, guys like Joe Deneen, Mike Lee, really making some big plays. And uh, also a guy that we haven't talked about, uh, Puka Magic. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's pretty electric, isn't he? He's fun to watch. Yeah. we got a, a freshman out of LSU who's one of the quicker guys in college football, I would say, and really shifty. And, I mean, he just hits the hole and he goes. So Yeah, I mean, he reminds me of like a I don't of a young LaMichael James at Oregon when I was at wow. Oregon LaMichael James was he came on um after LeGarrette Blunt punched the Boise State player <laughs> LaMichael James got kind of got pressed into duty there and he was he was small but he was from the moment he stepped on the field we we knew that we had something in him and so Puka's kind of delivering that same kind of energy to KU fans I think cuz he he's a guy that any time he touches the ball could do something special with it and that's something we haven't had for a while. Yeah, and it's finally getting a little bit of attention and positivity revolving around the team, which we love to see. And you mentioned your Oregon Ducks. They've got a big game this weekend, 19 Oregon versus 24 California. You know, I know last Saturday was tough for you. Stanford ended up sneaking away with the W, but you guys played oh, they, really they, tough. they didn't sneak. They they came into – they broke down the doors, committed armed robbery, and <laughs> left with a victory. They, they led for zero seconds in regulation. Zero. Zero seconds in regulation. So Oregon is still undefeated in regulation, but I will probably – it's going to take a while to get over that game That's as a traumatic. fan. But what I'm hoping is that it's not the same effect on on, on the players and on the coaching <laughs> staff, which – that's what they're. That's what the coaches are hired and paid well to do is to move be forward. able to move forward from moments like that. And uh, I think this will say a lot about how how I can go about viewing the rest of the season if mm-hmm. they come out. Yeah, Cal is. Um, I'm not. I'm not all that worried about them. They. Ha- I know they had a bye week, but they haven't really played anybody good. Um, they had a bye, but they did have a bye week when they're coming off a bye. So that, and it's at their place, it's Oregon's first road game. But, uh, I think if they, if Oregon plays the way they did against Stanford, where they were the better team, they just lost the game. That's a riddle for another day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then they shouldn't have a problem, but I think it'll be a, another case in, uh, like we were talking about in KU with how you can kind of bounce back from some adversity, especially, you know, with the new coaching staff. So this will, this is, I know me and my friends are very excited for this one. It'll be up at starts at nine thirty central and I'll be getting through the night somehow watching this game. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Well, I'm excited for that game. Uh, and also Stanford plays Notre Dame, which is two top tens and hopefully Notre Dame can get that win for We've Dr. Got, Kish. Yeah. Dr. Kish. Uh, we got Ohio state, Penn state too. Another, another ooh, two, two top, top big, 10, big 10, the two schools in the yeah. big 10 that I, right now have got some national respect. I know my Badgers lost to BYU, which I don't want to compare that loss to your loss to Stanford because that's actually a respectable loss. But I mean, both of our teams, hypothetically, they win out, they uh, win their conferences, 
they they could make the playoffs. So. Yeah. Then this is what this is what college football does to you. You know, you at first you like you think, well, you got to win. You got to win every game because gotcha. each game is so important mm-hmm. in the regular season in college football. But then once you lose, you start spanning out other scenarios for exactly. how can how can we get the same result as if we didn't lose? And I and that's what that's what we do. Just got to win out and hope the chips fall where they may, and yep. that the playoff becomes eight teams soon <laughs> yeah, so this that season. we have even more hope and more reason to watch every game in the regular season and uh it, college football fandom's the best it's not rational but that's that's life and it's fun yeah absolutely man it spices things up a little bit well hey man i appreciate you coming on as always it's fun talking sports and there's so much to talk about right now um People can find you online, Twitter, CJ Feist. Yes. And then also check him out on Medium. He writes there. He just wrote a really cool article on Tiger. So you also go search Caleb Feist on Medium. And uh, do you have any last words for the people? I don't. I just uh, get ready for the month. We were talking about this again yesterday. The month of October sports-wise is awesome. You've got both NFL, college football. You've got baseball playoffs you have nba season starting up at the end of the month um if you're a soccer fan you have you know mls playoffs premier league anything throughout europe is is going on in full swing so it's a good month to be a sports fan if that's what you need to get through you know the the change of the season from summer to fall you got a lot to look forward to 100 percent, yeah and um i hope you all enjoy your october i appreciate you tuning in If there's ever anything you want us to talk about, feel free to shoot us questions or requests on Twitter. We're at the Get Start Pod. And outside of that, thank you so much for your time. Hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Go KU. Go Pack Go. (laughs) Go Brewers. This is R.I.P. Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) See you guys.